Have you ever wondered what the most important aspect of investing is? Some try to pick the right stocks, some try to time the market, but in reality, it is the asset allocation of your investment portfolio, essentially the mix between stocks and bonds and cash, that is the key driver of returns. Studies show that more than 90% of the ups and downs of your portfolio's return variation comes from your asset allocation. The way that I like to look at it is having the right asset allocation is like turning on your GPS in your car and just following the directions to your destination without giving thought to the route that you're taking, traffic, or where you're gonna stop along the way for a bite to eat. Choosing the right asset allocation maximizes your returns for your level of risk tolerance. This means it helps you get the highest payoff you can for the amount of money that you're willing to risk in the markets. And investing is very unique in a sense where unlike, let's say, a survivor pool of football, like fantasy football, where you have to take all of your money and put it all onto one team. With investing, you do not have to put all of your money in one area or on one team. You can take the diversified approach. If done right, your asset allocation should help protect your money and maximize its growth potential no matter which team is winning in the markets. Now, the proportion or the mix of what you should have between stocks, bonds, and cash, your asset allocation, ultimately comes down to your risk tolerance. How much risk is appropriate for you? And there are a variety of investment profile questionnaires online, which I'll link down below for you guys if you like. I'd highly encourage going through one of these if you haven't already to dial this in, but there are three key things that we wanna talk about when it comes to finding your risk tolerance. Number one is your time horizon. When do you need this money for? Are you gonna be purchasing a home in the next year? Is this possibly for a kid's education a few years down the road? Or is this money that is simply set out years down the road for your retirement? If you have over a 10 year time horizon, what that means is that you are far more likely to be able to stomach and handle some of the shorter term fluctuations that we'll see in the market. If you'll need this money over the next two to three years, so let's call it the shorter term, more than likely you may opt for a lower risk solution or some lower risk investments, essentially mitigating in the potential case that the markets do drop and then you're forced to sell out at a loss, something we always want to avoid as an investor. Nevertheless, your time horizon plays a key role in ultimately factoring into how your portfolio will be constructed. Number two is your personal comfort with risk. That's S, risk. Think about your personal investing experience here. If you are somebody that is completely new to the stock market, think about whether you are more comfortable with maybe starting off with a low risk solution and then working your way up with time. Maybe you're somebody who's been investing for years and you've already kind of determined where your risk is at. You've been through some ups and downs in the market. You're able to understand and assess that you are someone that's willing to take on a little more risk. Understanding your own personal behavior goes a long way when it comes to setting your portfolio goals. Remember that sticking with your plan is not easy, but it is the most important part of getting you to your investment goals. But this comes from understanding who you are as an investor. Number three comes down to your financial situation. Do you have an emergency fund? Do you have possibly some significant amounts of debts to consider and factor in? Your personal financial situation has a huge impact on the amount of risk that you're able to take in the stock market because these are funds that you may end up needing to use if you come into a little pinch in life. A clear example of this is if you're somebody that has, let's say a mortgage, considering whether that is variable or fixed, and if interest rates rise, like they are doing now, are you able to meet those payments? Once you have your asset mix based off of your risk profile, well, then you're pretty much off to the races. Now, it does require some regular maintenance if you're looking to build a portfolio yourself. 
Say that you are a balanced investor and you've landed on a classic 60-40 split, meaning 60% equities, 40% in bonds. Imagine you were building that yourself. You would in this case need to buy multiple ETFs. You would be required to rebalance your portfolio on a regular basis when the stock market is rising, maybe selling some of your stocks or ETFs to buy more bonds, et cetera, et cetera. And yes, this is key. You will in many cases end up selling investments that are performing well, like stocks, for example, and reallocating that into an area that's underperforming, essentially doing a, a typical rebalance within your portfolio. There's a saying by Warren Buffett, if you can't control your emotions, you can't control your money. And to dive into that a little bit deeper, like let's say you have a portfolio that has a 10% target to emerging markets. Now let's imagine that emerging markets go up 20%. Now that means that your emerging markets exposure is now sitting at a 12% weighting. Now you have more exposure to this asset class than you originally planned. Well, what you would do is sell the 2% overexposure, take those proceeds from the sale and invest them into the most underweight assets in your portfolio. Remember at the beginning of this episode where we talked about how the asset allocation is the most important driver. Well, that means that in certain circumstances we do just that, we sell from our winners and we rebalance those and put those proceeds back into the, so to speak, losers of our portfolio. This can be a very emotional decision, something that just doesn't really jive with us as human beings. Not to mention that this could result in more costs with the constant trading in and out of stocks or ETFs. Well, one solution that can help simplify your portfolio when it comes to determining this optimal mix, while of course helping with keeping the emotions out of investing when it comes to this rebalancing process is by using what is called an asset allocation ETF. And again, I wanna say thank you to BMO, Global Asset Management, for sponsoring this video. BMO's asset allocation ETFs are built to simplify investing all while managing the level of risk with diversification across geography and asset classes. BMO has five ETFs ranging across different risk profiles and also has one focused on ESG and one focused on monthly income. These ETFs invest in a different blend of approximately seven to 10 underlying core BMO ETFs. They offer regular rebalancing, which will maintain your asset mix for you take the emotion out of it, and you don't have to guess which geographic area is going to outperform or which asset class you should overweight or underweight. These ETFs are cost efficient with a management fee of 0.18%. This all-in cost includes the cost of the underlying ETFs and the cost of rebalancing. These all-in-one ETFs may help you complement and enhance your portfolio. They may also be used as a core in a core satellite approach or used alone for a very simple passive portfolio. Another benefit of them is that they offer liquidity. In a single trade, you can bump up to the next risk level should your situation change without having to manage that all on your own. What I like about BMO asset allocation ETFs is that they're Canadian made. BMO is one of the early entrants into the ETF space here in Canada, and their team is all local to Canada, which is a big strength in my eyes. Most ETF providers in Canada have asset allocation ETFs, at least the large players. With these, it is important to look under the hood at the holdings as there may be slight differences that can help you decide. Let's dive here on into an example of ZEQT, or ZEQT I should say, which is the BMO All Equity ETF. I'll link this page directly below if you'd like to go through this example with me, but the very common BMO website layout that we're used to, we have key facts on the funds, such as their ticker, net assets. We have obviously details regarding the price. We see the management fee here at 0.18, the MER sitting at 0.20. What I always like to note is on the right, the risk rating, this fund is ranked as a medium risk fund. If we do scroll back up and move over to the holdings tab, this is probably what we're all most excited for. We see that this all equity ETF has a number of holdings of seven, it actually has seven ETFs within this ETF. So we have about a 43% exposure to the S&P 500 index, 
The ticker here is ZSP, which we may be familiar with. We see a 25% exposure to the TSX cap composite index. These of course giving us our Canadian and US exposure. We have about 20% of the fund in the international ETF. So that's ZEA. We have again, emerging markets exposure, smaller exposure to US mid cap as well as US small cap. But you see that these allocations are all set for you. You don't have to do any of the heavy lifting or any of the hard work. You are essentially picking the asset allocation ETF that works best for you. And of course, that is just one of the asset allocation ETFs to look over. I'd encourage you to click the link down below and go explore for yourself. Because remember, your asset allocation is the key driver of returns and it can be tough psychologically and emotionally to handle that rebalancing process. These solutions are a great innovation and they're making investing simpler and more accessible for everybody. If you guys enjoyed, give this video a big thumbs up. If you're not already subscribed, take a moment to subscribe. As always, the Investing Academy is down below. But as always, I thank you guys for watching. I hope you enjoyed and I'll see you in the next video.